Welcome, welcome. It is Monday, February 5th, 2024. Uh, welcome to Comical Opinions. I am your publisher in EIC, Gabe Hernandez. Today's op-ed, we're going to be talking about the dreaded P word that we reference all the time in our reviews, whether it's for Comical Opinions or Weird Science Marvel or Weird Science DPC. It's that P word known as pacing and how that aspect of how you create a comic book when you're writing a comic script can either be a great thing or if you're done incorrectly can be death could be disaster and we pounce on pacing all the time say that five times fast uh, but today we're going to talk about uh, how pacing really has two different levels at least and there's actually technically more but we're going to talk about the two primary ones and how uh, those aspects of pacing if not done correctly can really be a big problem for how a story turns out but before we get started, please like, share, comment, subscribe. Let us know how we're doing. Your feedback is everything to us, and we appreciate it. Also, your attention, uh, whether it's a comment or a like or, or a share, whatever it is, it really helps the algorithms boost us up. We re really appreciate it. So let's get up into the op-ed. Uh, we use that word pacing a lot in our reviews. If you read any of our reviews, you see that word pacing popping up all the time. Pacing is the, uh, just like it sounds, it's the pace at, with which a comic story progresses. Now, most people think about pacing as far as how fast you go through the comic book, which is true. That's sort of the speed dial, if you want to call it that, as far as how that uh, pacing uh, gets the reader from point A to point B, either in the story or just through the pages. That's absolutely true. But there's a second layer to that pacing that we're going to focus on uh, before we get to, to, to as the focus of our op-ed. And, and I'm going to give you two examples of where that pacing was done incorrectly and it had a negative impact on the comic. But let's talk about the first pacing aspects so everybody gets it. But the first aspect, we're going to call it page pacing. Page pacing is basically how quickly the reader and the artist combined get your eyeballs to get through that page, get that reader to turn the page and get into the next page and on and on and on until they go from cover to cover. We'll call that page pacing. And that basically means how quickly does the story move? How, how much energy do, does the reader feel coming out of that comic? Because if they feel like they've covered a lot of ground, but done it very quickly, the energy in the gets really high and the reader feels kind of energized. And it's like, wow, that's a, there's a lot happening. And I, you feel like you're on or in a sprint or a race. We'll call that page pacing. That's basically how fast you can get through the page, how fast you can get them to turn a page and on and on and on. Uh, that aspect of pacing is very important because it infuses the comic with energy. And the way you control that energy flow also go, goes towards how the reader feels about the comic. If you turn that energy down too low and the pacing is too slow, readers can start to tune out. They can feel that the comic is tedious and they can feel that the comic is boring. And that typically happens when uh, there's a lot of dialogue boxes, uh, there's a lot of narration, or there's a lot of panels in succession where it's just people looking wistfully into the horizon or whatever is happening. There are different ways to control that, both through the words and the, the art. But effectively, if you control it right, uh, you can make the energy high or you can make the energy low. And even for writers who know what they're doing, they can go up and down. That's where you get that feeling of when somebody says it was a roller coaster of emotions because you're going up and down and up and down and up and down. Uh, there's, an, there's a uh, an ebb and a flow to how the comic moves. And so an, a writer who knows how to paste their script properly for page pacing can really lock that in and can give the reader a sort of a, 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 an experience of highs and lows that really make that comic memorable. And this is aside from the plot. 
that's the one everybody knows and that's the one everybody thinks of when you say pacing. They're thinking the page pacing. How quickly quickly do it is the, the art in the uh, script pulling me through the comic, which is fine. The second aspect and the one that is our focus for today, especially the two examples I'm going to bring up, is what, what we're going to call plot pacing. Plot pacing says... I start the story at point A at the very beginning. I end the story at point Z, which is the end. Beginning, middle, end. How are you pacing the plot developments that crop up at each point along that journey? Because that's what a story is. A story is a journey with one or more conflicts. How are you establishing plot points and bringing those out and grabbing the reader with points of interest along that journey. The idea in a, in a simplistic scenario, you want that even. So in other words, you want as many interesting plot developments in the beginning as you have in the middle, as you have in the end. It doesn't always have to be that way. You can build, you can start kind of like with big moments that are but few of them and then build and then cram them together and build and build and build until you come to a climactic finale. That's one way to do it. If you're doing a mystery, you establish one big wow scenario in the beginning and then what you do is you seed little clues throughout the story of the plot so that the reader can play along in the mystery and, and sort of piece the puzzle together. And by the time you get to the end, hopefully you're coming to the same conclusion or maybe, you're, maybe you uh, found a different way to resolve that mystery that the reader hadn't considered and you surprised them. There are different ways to do it. But, but, but by and large, what that means is the beginning and everything that happens in the beginning has to be just as meaningful and uh, meaty if you want to call it that, in the middle, as just to be it needs to be just as meaty and uh, impactful as the end. You want to have a, a wide dispersal of plot development. That's what we call plot pacing. So let's talk about uh, pacing. You know, two, two, two extremes of where somebody. Well, let's just. I'm just going to say the two particular writers are going to call out today uh, didn't do their plot pacing properly, and the story suffered for it. One of them you might have heard of, maybe you didn't. Who knows, but we'll find out. First example is, of course, I'm going to pick on the guy. I have to, Tom King. So last year ended his 12 hour, 12, not hour, 12 hour, 12 issue maxi series for uh, The Human Target, starring Christopher Chance. Now, what happened in that story? Christopher Chance gets poisoned by poison that was meant for Lex Luthor. But what happened was the poison didn't kill him immediately. He had a set period of time where the poison was slowly killing him. And so he had to go out and, and in investigate his own murder. If that plot sounds familiar, that is the exact same plot as the film uh, DOA from 1950, which was also remade in 1988 starring Dennis Quaid. So I'm not going to get too much into Tom King's uh, penchant for borrowing stories from, from other works, but you know you can draw your own conclusions there. So, okay, so what happened with, with uh, the human target? The problem that we had with the human target is that somewhere around issue six-ish, I think it was issue six, six or seven, this maxi-series went on a strange hiatus out of nowhere uh, for that lasted almost six months. And so what happened was right at the point where the story picked, off, picked up after the hiatus, the mystery was effectively solved. You knew who was involved in the murder and what they were trying to do. And then the remaining six, five or six issues, you know, we'll say five and a half issues, was just simply Ch Christopher Chance and his girlfriend, who was Ice, who's playing the femme fatale, which is sort of very off character for her, uh, were just sort of sitting around waiting to die. I mean, they shared a lot of, you know, sweet, tender moments. They, they dug into each other's backstory and history. So there was a lot of character development, which is, you know, good, I think, in a, in a general broad sense. 
but effectively the mystery was over. There's a little twist in the end, but the twist is almost incidental. It didn't really have a big impact on the general outcome of the mystery. So you had a good four or five issues there where nothing of importance really happened. So Tom King did not pace his plot properly. He had all the stuff happen in the first half and not a lot of stuff happened in the second half. And as you can see, well, you can look it up the sales yourself, but the sales really fell off because all you had is great Greg Smallwood art, which is great Greg Smallwood art. There was nothing more to do with it. Let's take a look at the second example, which is sort of the opposite of that. So this week we had the release of Sheena Queen of the Jungle Final Fatal Exams, number five from Stephen E. D'Souza, uh, Jr., I think. So it's a five-issue series. And what's, what's going on? Sheena goes undercover at a private school next to a nature preserve because mercenaries are invading the nature preserve and doing something weird. We don't know what they're doing. At the same time this is happening, uh, the girls in her school are getting basically brainwashed or hypnotized, if you will, by an online prosperity guru. Okay. And at the same time, you have this weird shenanigans with um, uh, former um, rebel, uh, anti-rebel uh, uh, individuals who are now part of the school, or maybe they weren't, and kind of, all kinds of shady dealings with the history of the school related to when the uh, Spaniards first came into the area and all kinds of weird stuff. All these, a lot of stuff is happening, but these are our new mysteries that get established almost from the beginning, and they kept getting more mysterious and more weird and more convoluted and confusing, but you're not getting clues that either connect the plots together or at least fill in the pieces of the individual mystery so that they you feel like that when they come together, they're coming together at a natural um, um, completion point. And so what happens with issue number five, which is the last issue? Well, everything was confusing right up to at the end of issue four. At issue five, what happens? Issue five is terrible. It's terrible because it is just walls and walls and walls of dialogue. Scene after scene after scene of dialogue and exposition, trying to make sense of everything, trying to make sense of plots A, B, C, D, and there's probably an E plot in there somewhere, trying to bring it all together, trying, everybody's explaining everything. And that's exactly the wrong thing you want to do because it's a chore to get through that comic. And you, but you have to get through every little bit of it to understand what happened, to figure out what was going on. In other words, you didn't get to the the last, you didn't get the mystery mostly solved on each one of those threads. And then the last issue put in the last pieces and brought it all home. You had the mystery just being a bunch of Swiss cheese all the way through issue four. And then when you get to issue five, it's just a, it, it, it's just every, plugging all these different holes and it's a slog to get through. Terrible. Plot pacing. Plot pacing is just making sure that the plot is evenly distributed, at least evenly distributed. And now the, which components you put where, there's lots of flexibility and creativity to get that done. But in this case, Steven D'Souza just put in the uh, mysteries, established a bunch of open questions, a bunch of mysterious plot points, and then they just sort of lingered. And then when issue five came around, he had no time to develop them properly, no time to lead the reader to kind of come to their own conclusion, except for that last little bit that puts it all together. And, and what you wind up with the issue is just mounds and mounds and mounds of expedition. And it's it's a chore to get through. It's terrible. We didn't even bother reading it. My head was hurting after reading it. I was just, I, I couldn't, I had to walk away. It was just terrible. Uh, so, so now you understand why that's important. Page pacing is just the rate of speed at which we can get through the comic. Is it fast? Is it slow? Do you have to, do you stop and start? Is it jittery or is it smooth? 
that's page pacing. Plot pacing is if you have a single issue, which is kind of the same thing, or if you have multiple issues, or if you have an ongoing series where a particular story arc has a beginning, middle, end, you want to make sure that you're giving as much value in the beginning as you're doing in the middle as you do in the end. And you have to space that out evenly. You have to progress it consistently and you have to give value and out of everything that's happening in uh, each individual comic that you're producing, whether it's a one shot, an arc or an ongoing. So how do we avoid problems with plot pacing? I, I know this is gonna sound controversial. The easiest way to avoid problems with plot pacing is just a pen and a paper or a pencil and a paper. Write it out, write out your outline. One, two, three, four, five, six, whatever it is. And say, at the beginning, this needs to happen. In the middle, this needs to happen. By the end, this needs to happen. And make sure that each one of those points is as valuable as each other, if not increasingly so. It's just a, it's just a matter of simply writing out the outline. And uh, you would be surprised. You say, well, don't the writers already do this at Marvel and DC? No, no. I know for a fact there are several writers who turn in scripts that would be shocking and how well, or I should say, how not well they're put together. It just, before you start writing your script, before you put your pitch together, just put down an outline. These are, these are the, if it's a beginning, middle, end, if you have a three-act structure, if you have a six-act structure, whatever it is, and make sure that each one of those points delivers value to the reader. Do not waste the reader's time. Do not waste the reader's money. Map it out with an outline. It doesn't need to be super detailed, but just do it before you start. You'll be much, much better off uh, if you do. Okay, so that's it. That's me rambling for a lot, but this is an important plot point because we get this, we get a lot of indie submissions. We get a lot of submissions from publishers and everything else. And you'd be surprised how many times we see uh, issues with that are just filler because they didn't plan out the, the pacing and the space correctly, or you get to the end or the middle and it's just expedition dump after expedition dump because exposition dump because they didn't pace themselves properly. They didn't lay it all out and plan. Now, sometimes the publisher would come back saying, well, you, we wanted to give you 12 issues, but you only get six. That's good that you can have the outline on paper because then you can plan for an A and a B. A is if I get the full 12 issues, if they cut me back to eight or 10 or six, I will, I'll, here's what I can cut out to make this um, fit and still make sense. Plan that out, you'll be better off. So that's it. Tell us what you think about uh, plot pacing and page pacing and how it is that it, those aspects of comic creation affect your reading experience. Or if you're a creator, do you struggle with that or not? Let us know. We'd be interested to hear your feedback. So let's move on to the rest of the newsletter. Uh, let's see, let's see, let's see, let's see. Uh, yes, okay. So as you may have noticed, we're making some changes to the website. Uh, we're looking at following our own advice. You hear me harping all the time about uh, obeying the gold rule of success, which is give customers what they already want. And in specific, specifically for us, point number two is give it to them where they already are. In this case, writing, we've done as much writing as we can and it's gone as far as it can go. That's not to say there isn't still room for growth. There is some, but it's definitely not growing at the pace we wanted to. And we know for a fact, we're not reaching everybody with our reviews. So does that mean we're stopping on writing reviews? Absolutely not. What that means is now we're going to add to that. So we know we're writing reviews, but we're also creating YouTube versions of those reviews. So 
if you wouldn't mind, please take a moment. There's a link in the newsletter. Click on that link, go to our YouTube channel, subscribe, and you can watch the basically the video, audio video version of our uh, reviews. And they correlate almost pretty closely to the written version of the reviews. We'd love to have you follow us along if you prefer to watch and, and listen to reviews rather than read them. Now you have that choice. And hopefully by doing this, we're going to increase our readership or, or I should say our follower account. And then, uh, and then we can uh, give more reviews to as many people as possible. And, and this is our way of following our own advice, which we harp on all the time. So hopefully that's, that's gonna be a benefit for everybody. And we're looking forward to having you follow along. Okay, so let's move on to the reviews from last week. As you can tell, it's a short list because we're still trying to figure out our publishing process, which isn't quite dialed in. Uh, a lot of trial, not a lot of trial and error. There's enough trial and error that we're still trying to figure out how we do things efficiently. So you're going to see some ups and downs about the number of reviews we do on a, on a weekly basis. It's okay. It's not, we're not stopping. It's just, we're trying to figure things out. Sometimes we just got to pause and reassess. That's perfectly okay. So if we're talking about the reviews from last week, we have, well, the review list is there. We're not going to read it to you, but I will say the pick of the week for last week for the review comics that we reviewed is Conan the Barbarian number seven. Jim Zub is still doing a fantastic job on Titan. If Titan is smart, they will keep Zub on for as long as humanly possible because he's doing a great job. And I'm very much looking to, forward to seeing where he goes with uh, Conan. Uh, talking about what's coming up for next week. So it's a little bit of a bigger list. So we're going to try and see if we can get it more into a rhythm about doing uh, writing as well as YouTube versions of the reviews. So let's see how this goes. But I think this is a manageable list. We'll see. Uh, so we have Big Bang Adventures number 24, uh, which is an indie submission from Big Bang Comics. Distemper number two from Blood Moon. Midnight Western Theater uh, Witch Trial number five from Scout. Guma, the beginning of her from Titan. Uh, here's the big one. This is probably going to be your pick of the week as a guest, but I'm not sure. We'll see. Thundercats, number one from Dynamite Comics. You've That issue has been in the news lately for a number of pre-orders. There's a lot of people really hungry for good uh, Thundercats content. So uh, we got our very close eye on that one. Uh, Gunslinger Spawn, number 28. Wonderland, uh, that's from Image. Wonderland Child of Madness, number three from Zenoscope. Valiant may be coming back. We got the... Uh, uh, the uh, the uh, one of their trades last week, and we haven't gotten to it yet, but we'll see if we can get to that pretty soon. But it looks like they're bringing back Exo Man of War on Conquer number six, which was the Becky Cloonan and Michael W. Conrad series with Liam Sharp on art. Uh, if we can get that issue from uh, from the publisher who is now, I think the it's, I think it's Alien Books is the name of the publisher that's working through it. Valiant, uh, we'll see if we can get that copy. Antarctica number eight from Image and ED number two from Blood Moon Comics, which is a sort of modern take on the blob. So that's it for this week. I'm so happy that you're along with us. I hope this has uh, been an interesting op-ed for you. We're looking forward to uh, hearing from you. We're looking forward to uh, doing more for you. And if you would, please take a moment to like, share, comment, subscribe. If you're listening to this on your audio podcast player of choice, please leave a comment and a rating. Very much appreciate it. Make sure it's honest. We don't want you to sugarcoat. Um, and that's it. So this is uh, Gabe Hernandez, your publisher in EIC from comicalopinions.com. Have a great day.